you're still always going to have the labor, but it's going to be it can be partially solved by implementation of good technology. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Arunab Dastadar. Arunab, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Arunab is an ex asset owner and manager of projects worth $5 billion. And he figured out that firsthand the flaws that hinder growth in the real estate industry. So he started, uh, he's a CEO and, and co-founder of Real Sage, which is a data intelligence platform that helps multifamily asset owners and operators make better decisions using AI. And AI is the like hot topic. So I really wanted to, this is definitely timely and I wanted to bring you on the show. So appreciate you joining us. Why don't you give our listeners more about your background and then we'll dive into Real Sage and what you guys are doing there. That's great. I'll I'll give the brief version of my background uh, uh, to save all of us uh, some time here. Uh, but you bet uh, AI is uh, definitely the hot topic and I'm glad we are uh, bringing this to one of the oldest industries of real estate in here. Um, my background, I'm um, one of uh, the few people who is uniquely positioned to like bring technology to real estate uh, alongside my two amazing co-founders who have spent years in real estate and sales. Um, I am an engineer by undergrad uh, understanding and I uh, started coding you know, right at the onset of my teens when I was 12. And by the time I went to college, I thought I know a lot about computers, so I don't need to pursue it anymore. <laughs> and ended up uh, doing civil engineering because uh, that time I was like, okay, I just love these buildings, you know, like the architecture, the, the beauty of actually walking around the street and say, you see that building? You know, I did that, right? Like so you had this whole feel of actually build a world. Um, uh, but soon after, um, you know, during and after my my undergrad education, I got thrown into this uh, cusp of uh, technology and engineering because I was one of the few people who knew how computers work with real estate. Uh, and that was the start of the journey. So I ended up working with some of the largest projects in the world, uh, bringing public-private partnerships across um, uh, Southeast Asia, Singapore, China, you know, uh, with Japan, Germany, like half of the world uh, on some of the largest projects there. And uh, uh, then ended up uh, finding first problem, which was in the same industry. And the business got acquired that gave me more uh, intrigue, that got me more intrigued into uh, investments and uh, understanding multifamily real estate. So I um, you know, rolled my sleeves up, uh, got, uh, you know, into MBA, had worked across over a billion dollars of real estate assets with multifamily private equity um, across North America. We had everything from like uh, 
SFR to multifamily, and we had few developments as well, which I was taking care of. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, the whole genesis of uh, a very crucial problem, which we now are solving for the real estate has, has started that one fine evening. Um, I was taking a call on a $130 million deal and my Excel sheets were crashing on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming from the industry into a new market of investment, that was not a great look. And then right. that's when like, you realize a very important factor that if you are new and trying to build on to either you know, like your career or your real estate business and not have a 20-year-old gut, you start, you're literally dependent on all the data you have, right? And that's when we alongside, you know, uh, my co-founders decided that how about we go on this mission to change how real estate makes decisions. Uh, and that whole decision making currently is done on a broken chain of data and Excel models, uh, which which makes this whole process uh, high friction, and as a result, everyone just keeps saying, "You know, real estate moves too slow." <laughs> you know, so that's uh, that's what we are doing at RealSage. Uh, we provide a decision-making infrastructure where you can bring disparate data sets, uh, either external or internal data sets, and then use the power of artificial intelligence, um, deterministic models, and all the greatest data science tools to make better decisions faster decisions, more efficient decisions, um, and get the competitive edge which you need in the industry. So you said a lot there, and I'm still a bit foggy exactly what you guys do. So give me like just a detailed example so we know and understand what real estate, like give give me a life example. Yeah. So... We work across um, different segments of uh, real estate investment. So let's consider, you so know. let's say we're multifamily investors. Exactly. So let's consider you're a multifamily investor or a capital allocator. You want to now go into a new market and want to invest in uh, real estate in North Carolina. That's a super hot market these days, I've heard. And a lot of companies are using that as well. You can use the product instead of going and looking at like a deal, going through the process of like analysts putting together that piece, running the model and then deciding on deal, you can bring all the data, rent rolls, systems, external demographic data into our system. And our system can actually show you, visualize uh, visually which are the hot spots you should invest in based mm-hmm. on your hypothesis. So you say, my hypothesis and my benchmark is I only invest in, uh, you know, assets which are five miles from from a bus stop, and that that is something which you can bake into the model and say, okay, now these are the deals I'm looking at. Sort through them. These are the hot spots where I should invest, and you can juxtapose all those data points visually into one place and take your call. That improves your efficiency of looking at those deals, prioritizing which deals you want to delve deeper into, and uh, like reducing that entire you know, fear of missing out on the right uh, deal you, uh, you're looking to go for. So on the, the 
website a little bit um, looking at this and, and it looks like it helps me also um, really dig into the data. Exactly. It, it, you know, look at my KPIs as I'm operating. So this looks like it's more than just on the research phase. It's also on the operational phase. Is right. Yes, you're absolutely right. So we go through the entire life cycle. So first is your capital allocator, which I just gave you an example about. Yep. But now the capital allocator says this property of uh, ours or this portfolio of ours would have, you know, 10% IRR. The second layer actually kicks in after that, which is asset managers. So the asset managers who are holding these assets, so anyone who have 100 plus properties, are buy to hold asset class, you basically are constantly monitoring whether or not your assets are working to the benchmarks you have committed to your LPs or benchmarks you want to be in the market. Um, our system can constantly get that data and give you alerts every point in time. You're going below a benchmark. You, it can also predict and prescribe things like you know, based on seasonality, it looks like three months from now in this region, you're going to have higher uh, vacancy, better amp up your marketing budgets, mm -hmm. and all those kind of things, which gives you that competitive advantage. And also, also a very key thing it helps in is basically uh, getting to a scale beyond certain points. So you, you would see once you're building that business and you hit those plateaus of like, now I'm not making enough money with the same amount of doors or like increasing amount of doors, our system can optimize, kick in and optimize those things so that you still make enough ROI on your bottom line um, alongside how you're growing your uh, business or portfolio as well. Interesting. What, what real estate industries is this uh, applicable for? Uh, we are currently focused uh, on uh, multifamily uh, real estate. That's the niche uh, I personally have worked at. My co-founders have worked uh, worked in. So we're focused on multifamily um, owners and operators. So if you're, you know, ownership group who is only doing capital allocation, or your operator which has asset management, property management functions as well. So in property management, you can see which leasing teams, so you can see internal team efficiencies, which leasing teams are performing better than others, which assets are performing better than others. You can review them at a much higher pace than a monthly or a quarterly call where like human recency biases actually come in and like doesn't give you always a clearer picture. Oh, wow. And there's there's a lot. Uh, I'm just trying to look at this website and also pay attention. So I can't see too much here, but there's a lot you guys uh, looks like you have. And, and those who are listening, Real Sage, um, it's just realsage.com. Go in there. That's right. It looks like you guys are, you know, have, have demos that you can request a demo, kind of get more information. But it lo looks like a pretty powerful tool just just from the onset here in let, let, but let's keep diving into it um i, I want to know overall with ai and obviously you've got your platform there's a lot of stuff out there evolving quickly just with ai in general in, in just the basic form right how is real estate going to be affected over the next let's call it i don't know five years 
uh, crystal ball, what do you see happening in real estate and why should people care about it? That's an excellent question, Todd. Um, personally, I think the last two years of COVID have given a jolt to the industry where, mm. um, you know, you have this whole boom bust cycle of like 15 yeah. to 30 years have been repeated. So we have been into that boom till and real estate specifically, given what is happening with the interest rate hike, uh, given what is happening with the commercial real estate specifically in markets like San Francisco, um, we are seeing a very specific understanding and alignment towards technology. Yeah. So I, I was joking with uh, with the some of the industry leaders that over the past five years, I have seen um, great companies ha started having CTOs and head of ITs and head of technology roles to really optimize how they make decisions or really optimize how they're actually doing things. They're no longer collecting checks. They're no longer um, getting the paper trails of maintenance tickets. So you see that movement happening. I feel that is going to accelerate over the next five years. There are two major reasons behind it. So one is of course that, you know, technology alignment is bringing bottom line dollars uh, for real estate players. The second, there is a labor shortage. There is a labor shortage across the state's market, especially the highly skilled la labor are expensive. Not most of the people are sophisticated enough or can hire big data teams to really make their decisions. And it's getting competitive. You see every um, you know, fifth person I meet has an aspiration of having uh, big real estate uh, you know, portfolio. So everyone is looking for that competitive advantage. So given the whole influx of AI, that is increasing that productivity. Real estate definitely would be a beneficiary of this. If you would have asked me this question five years ago, I would have said, I don't know. <laughs> but now I see because of these new technology leaders across these companies, they are looking proactively towards uh, real estate and um, towards latest technologies like AI um, and incorporating them in their workflows. So I see a more productive future. Uh, our goal, our cell, like our goal at Real Sage is also um, to bring this industry from $43 trillion to like $120 trillion by the sheer way of reducing friction at decision-making level so that deals can move faster, so that uh, improvements, capital expenditure, uh, property management can be done at much larger scale. Yeah, just, you know, thinking of, about some of the difficulties I've seen, I was thinking about the changes too, man. I, I just, I remember when I first started in the business, so, you know, everything was Excel documents or Excel spreadsheets. And it is just like, we we were collecting rent uh, still via mail. Um, <laughs> that's right. Not that long ago, honestly. Like that, yes. that's not that two thousand eight, two thousand nine. You know, or even even up to like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Probably most rent collection was still done through mail or a Dropbox or something like that. So yeah, I had properties that I purchased in. 2018 and 2019 that rent was simply being collected through a Dropbox. 
tenant would drop it into this. That's box right. Yeah. And maybe some properties still do it today, but the technology is out there to where you don't need to do that. And you probably shouldn't do that, quite frankly. And as far as just understanding your data points, that has been the biggest advantage, in my opinion, is understanding our data points. And the more companies like yours get out there and continue to develop this technology, the better it is, you know, as you're looking at it and saying, okay, it's, it's, uh, like you said, it's, it's, it, we're getting into winter, you know, starting to get into winter. Yeah. What happens? Well, we can look at the past and we can say, this is exactly what happens. We know that in our brain, we know that, okay, it's a slow leasing season, but if we have this piece of technology that's telling us, okay, now is the time, now is the time to really be pushing your rents and let's up our marketing budget at this point in time and let's do this X, Y, and Z. And then on this date, we need to start dropping rent to this amount in order to- Exactly. Wow, that's amazing because we don't have to think and guess. We have data there that tells us that and it actually just tells us right there that we don't have so to overanalyze. You are- really nailing the uh, pain point. One of the big things our, our company does is suggesting uh, pricing at based on where you are at. So that's uh, that's one of the decision-making parameter we support, um, use cases we support. Um, it's like, and you'll be amazed, uh, more than 50% of rent col uh, collected are still like that uh, <laughs> in the U.S. So uh, we're, we're still far, but... Um, Imagine um, if I now, like, you know, uh, like my dad's time, they used to drive without a GPS, and now I can't even yeah. imagine without GPS. So well, essentially- I remember taking out the, the, the city pages book or whatever it was. <laughs> right. Hud we had, a, ours is called the Hudson book, Hudson map. You take that out and you flip to the page, you know, A48 or whatever it was. And right. And then you see that road. map of the roads, right? Yeah, you so, see that map and you got to memorize it. You got to memorize that map. Now, quite frankly, I'm much worse at, at reading maps and I'm much worse at understanding where I'm at in a city, but I get to where I want to go without any wrong terms. Right. Because <laughs> the GPS exactly. tells you exactly where to go. That, that's exactly the point, right? Like, you might eventually reach your destination, but you'll be likely to take some wrong turns and waste much of your time, yeah. right? And that's what a tool like RealSage uh, does, or that's what any tool which helps you bring technology to real estate does make you more productive, save time, save your energy, uh, save fuel, um, all uh, like more of everything. How do you make sure that AI, that technology doesn't create bad habits, doesn't create misunderstanding? You know, we got all this data and technology, but we have to be able to understand it. If you don't understand why it's telling you to do certain things, why it's giving you these answers, then it's no good, right? That's it, right. It, it, so how do we make sure that we don't get complacent with the technology and lose, I guess, the competitive advantage it's supposed to provide? Yeah, so that's a great question. How I tend to think about this is we provide superpowers to the asset owner and manager. The technology is, again, to the example, is like weather forecast. 
it gets you the suggestion. It gets you with the way how your data is flowing pointers which you should look at. At the end of the day, the decision making is still with uh, the the asset manager or the person who is managing the assets uh, or multifamily portfolio. One of the very crucial things which we have done while building our technology, and this can get like really technical on, on, on that side, is in its deterministic modeling where it has specific chains of reasons why it is actually suggesting that. So you can not only see what is the opportunity on revenue or cost, you can also see the reasons that, oh, in this area, like this tenant has raised 20 different work orders and has been delayed every single time. And that's why the potential of them not renewing is, you know, less than 50%, right? Yeah. Or, you know, tying them back to really, um, you know, like specific data points, which might go unnoticed when you're looking, um, you know, at the 30,000 square foot view is what is uh, the beauty um, of making those decisions. Because if I cannot explain it, whatever it says, I will never trust it. Because I have been on the other side of table, right? I can, I can, you can tell me anything. I need to, you know, justify it myself before I go ahead and say it to my boss, right? Yeah, no, knowing somebody has a 20% or 30% chance of renewing, Okay, that's that's nice because now we know we likely have to start advertising. So that, that exactly. helps, right? But why? Why did they have why is it so low? Why is it not eighty yeah. percent chance of renewing? And let's make sure we understand that and then get it to eighty percent for the next person because we messed up somehow. Right? You messed up because exactly. you never got to your work orders. Like okay, there's twenty percent chance of renewing because you never completed a work order on time. And there's That's right. 17 outstanding work orders. And so this person, the likelihood of them renewing is slim to none because they're pissed off at you. Okay, perfect. We understand the data because it's there. And that's what I really think is important that it, the technology is, is, is great, but it can be a hindrance if you allow it to be. Um, or it can be that crutch that you're probably allowing to be a big disadvantage, right? And, and but if you use it right, you utilize it right, and you understand it, it, it man, I mean, it, it, it's, again, it's saved us so much time and provides us excellent data points that we really love to look at and say, okay, how can we continue to improve? Where are our strengths? Where are our weaknesses? And, and why, again, why is the really important part. That's fair. Yeah. Like, looking at the why is how we have built everything around is you can ask questions, right? So there is conversational capabilities. Once your internal and external data is there, you can ask questions directly like why I am losing my prospects, like why I lose eight out of 10 people who uh, are, um, you know, like uh, looking up into this uh, into this apartment. That's very interesting. One of our clients actually found out. It's it's the crazy story. Um, so we have this collection of lost reasons from their data sets, uh, and they were not able to figure out one of the buildings had like lower vacancy than other sets of buildings in their portfolio. Um, and we, uh, our system, when they started asking questions and looked into it, they didn't know. Everybody said, okay, they said, okay, yes, we will agree, and they stopped responding. 
they they figured out that uh, on the last reasons when which was collected on the data they figured out that that building had a uh, google review of having a lot of cockroaches in that building and their leasing agents never addressed that because they didn't like they actually fixed it so there was not a thing so once it was no they, problem yeah. So yeah, so once the prospect goes back, Google said they review it and then they stop answering. So what change they did uh, is basically they uh, once the prospect was coming, they said they actually uh, tackled it head on, saying you know you might know this, but we have done this, this, and this to fix it. So now we are like you know totally free of pests and all that kind of stuff, and their uh, occupancy shot up on that mm. building and then mm. everyone who was an LP like was pretty pleased by the decision making. So that's the power of like understanding and knowing what's going on under the hood. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that technology being able to bring it to the forefront quickly. I mean, that's that's a huge advantage, right? Because you could, you right. could do that research potentially and figure it out maybe. Um, yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of time though takes a lot of energy and takes the right person to figure it out. But if you've got right. a tool right there that figures it out quickly, you know, huge advantage. You don't have to, one, one of the, you mentioned earlier, the labor shortage is huge. And I think the, in my opinion, the only way out of our labor shortage is through technology, improvement of technology. And I'm not one of the doomsdayers that says technology is gonna replace all the jobs. In fact, I think technology creates it just creates different jobs. And That's right. It's been proven time over time. And if you look at just the history of humans, we continually improve, but for some reason we continually have jobs, right? But we have a big baby boomer generation that is retiring in, in mass and we don't have enough labor to take over for them. And, and we've got a lot of stuff going on. The world's moving faster than it's ever moved before. And I think technology is the only way around it. And when I look at my labor expenses in a lot in the waste of time in a lot of our properties, that can be at least partially solved. You're still always going to have the labor, but it's going to be it can be partially solved by implementation of good technology. That's fair. And you're, you're absolutely right. You know, back when ATM machines came in, there was a big bank strike saying what we will do and all the teller's job would get replaced. But uh, yeah. the matter of fact <laughs> is over there. the over the 20, uh, 20 uh, 30 years life cycle of ATM machines, actually there are 10% more tellers now in bank. So yeah. you you know that it's not, uh, those, we have gone through so many cycles of technology being scared to really building up productivity the whole whole reason why the world economy has get got to that point is now each individual is able to do more with the same 24 hours in yeah. their day yeah yeah if you get to do more you probably spend more which creates uh, a bigger economy <laughs> exactly that's right yeah what um let's talk about building the business and growing real sage and, and what you guys have done how how have you been able to kind of grow your business and, and scale to a point where you're at right now uh, maybe just a couple key things that you guys have done yeah we are really proud that um the system is being used by some of the largest players across us and canada over 
um, half a million uh, doors are like currently utilizing pricing, making decisions using the platform. Um, in just over a couple of years of us like bringing that to market, one of the key pieces is really understanding the pain point. We come from the industry. My co-founder went to Columbia for his master's in real estate, understands the realm of of corporate, how the decision-making has been done on that front. So of course, like one key thing which we have done is really talking to our customers and understanding their pain points, right? So that is very crucial because the use cases are brought to us by the customers, right? Saying, okay, you know, I am struggling with this particular piece and we show them this is how you can do it. And they are like immediately mind blown saying, okay, I was looking for this for the last five years, right? So of course, like getting in front of our customers with the right mindset and understanding, uh, speaking their language has been like very key piece. Um, uh, of course, like uh, apart from that, we have been around in uh, all the top major, like top conferences across uh, US and Canada. Uh, we do uh, host uh, specific webinars educating people. Um, uh, there is a lot of uh, good content out there which we try to promote and present to people, uh, which gets them educated and understand that what is the power of data um, to um, to utilize and get the competitive advantage. So. Um, those are a few of the things which we do. Some of the times we go onto a call and just show them uh, a folder full of their Excel reporting and they say, yes, that is the problem. And then uh, we're happy to move forward with them. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look, that that's, these are keys to growing any business, in, in whether it's real estate, whether it's a tech company, it doesn't matter what it is, but talk to your customers. Like I, I am shocked at how few property owners are talking to their customer, which is their tenant. Like, are you talking exactly. to your tenants and asking them what they want, what they need and why, you know, why they're happy, why they're unhappy? Like, what are you doing? Are, and then the networking, you, you got to get in front of people. Like yes. you guys are going to major conferences and getting in front of companies that can utilize this platform that you know have the pain points. You've already talked to them about their pain points. So you first, you want to talk to them about what their problem is. Then you go, okay, let's get in front of these people and people like them that have the same amount of pro the same problem. That's, that's how you build any kind of business. And it doesn't matter if it's a hundred unit apartment complex, tech company, uh, a service station, doesn't matter what it is. Doing that is going to get you to the place you want to go. So I love that stuff. What's a mistake that you uh, have made, whether it's in this current company or maybe uh, previous, what's a mistake that you've made and how have you learned from it? How can you pass some wisdom to our listeners, more importantly? I make mistakes every day. How many, like, I should I should list out Let's there. just do one. We've got to keep this show to, to its own. Yeah, here. so just one, right? Um, I'll... Um, you know, I'll tell like one very profound thing, which I like, which I went through and noticed, um, and that is like a repeated mistake I have done um, in my life is that's actually called the curse of knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, a curse of knowledge is essentially a cognitive bias where yes. you think that the other person who you're talking to already have context and already knows what you know. Uh, and that essentially, like when I realized it, 
like uh, through, I was on Twitter one day and I was realized it and we were trying to figure out why they're not getting what we are selling. They're not like what is happening over there. We realized that because we come from industry, we understand what we are selling. We understand technology. There is a cognitive bias of saying, okay, they also get this benchmark. They have context and then go from there. So that's, I think, is a very important factor that um, always see that there is a information or there's a knowledge gap between you and your audience. And understanding that knowledge gap actually gets you to think in a way that how you can contextualize and educate and send your messages. And that's when we started like educating um, dance of people before really getting into um, the details or what is going on and like what we are doing and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we started this podcast. You kind of explained your, what your program is. And I'm like, I still don't know what you're talking about. And then we dove in a little deeper and you brought it down to my level, which is way less than where your level is, right? Because you know it it so well. You're in it. You've built it. You've developed it. This is like second nature to you. And so you're just like, look, this is how it is. You understand, right? And and people are like, excuse me? I don't know what you just said. And a lot of people don't want to admit that. So they're just like, hey, look, I'm not interested at this time, right? But you have to get it down to their level. And there's a great book out there. I don't know if you've read this one. I've recommended it on the podcast before. It's called Building a Story Brand. And it's all about That's creating right. a story, examples, and let's bring it to their level. Like, oh, yeah, here's a problem you've probably dealt with in the past. Oh, yeah, I have. All right, let's talk about the story behind that. And l- let's look at what our what we can do to provide solutions to that. Oh, that's what this does this is amazing, right? I want this product. That's how we need to be doing is bring it down to people's level so they understand it. You know, I, I, I raise capital for my deals. So many times I talk to somebody and I say what I do and they're so confused. Yet if I just say, look, all I do is I, let's, let's take, you know, 10 of your friends and family. We pool your guys's money together and we go buy an apartment building. And then everybody just shares in the profit. We all make money, you know, if everything goes right. And I am the one that kind of handles everything. You just sit back, you provide the money, and then you collect the checks. Oh, oh, that makes sense. But if I try to (laughs) put it in like a, it's a multifamily syndication and they're like, are you selling some weird thing to me? Like, I don't know, just go away. That's right. Is it a, is it a multi-level marketing plan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. So I, I, I love the mistake and I, I, I'm right there with you, by the way, I've done it so many times mm-hmm. and I can go back to my teaching days too. I used to teach high school and it, it would, cause you're like, Hey, this is so easy, but you, but look, I, I, you've been doing it forever, right? We've been doing it for a long time. So it's so easy to us, but it's so foreign to other people. So That's right. That. Um, what's a book that you can recommend to our listeners? I I read a couple of books um, ranging from sci-fi, which is one of my favorite genres, to like really, you know, um, good practical books. So 
one book which I think I would recommend is uh, it's called Think Again by Adam Grant. Uh, it's an excellent book uh, to learn, unlearn, and relearn um, yeah, of like what you have not thought about, right? So it's very easy for people to be set in their ways that this is how we have been doing it, this is how mm -hmm. it is done. Um, and uh, human brain is actually programmed to uh, jump from conclusion A to conclusion B very quickly without the pauses of thinking uh, what risks, what they are missing out. Yeah. Um, so if you think that you have thought something already, think again and that gives you a new perspective towards um, dealing with the issue or problem. That that probably should be like required reading for everybody. Maybe, just maybe it would help solve some of the like the political tension and <laughs> you know, some of the tensions that we all have in our lives. Cause as you said, like we get something and like that's, that's it. We come to the conclusion at conclusion yeah. A, conclusion B, but we don't, we don't think anything else. So anyways. What's a question that I haven't asked that you really wish I would have asked? Is there anything that, that we're missing here? I think um, uh, you have actually delved deeper into into what, um, what uh, benefits we bring to the business, what we are doing. Um, I, I would love uh, for you to ask uh, what like what i do in general like what like you know what outside of um, all this great technology pieces uh you know i love doing um because uh, Let's do that's that's something yeah that's something uh, i'm really passionate about in general um i have i have um played drums for 10 years i love like uh, really playing music, getting into the music. What do you, what do you play? What's just, your favorite genre? Um, good R and B, um, soft rock, seventies, eighties. It's just like yeah. good old music. Uh, yesterday, somebody told me that two thousand music is great. I said, "Don't talk to me." <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, that's about it. Like you know, um, having that like whatever you're building or whatever you're doing founders journeys have been like actually like it's a tough journey to take right yeah. if you're building a real estate business if you're yeah. building um you know a technology business doesn't matter it is it is going to be tough it's not easy so you should maintain a healthy balance of uh pursuing uh passions and people can have multiple passions at that, that at times where it yeah. gets you to that balance and makes you more productive over time right uh, because you have that um, that passion which keeps your your brain sometimes like gets that break and then you can switch back on and keep going towards the mission you have defined for yourself um, over the years yeah I love that it, it's so easy to get caught up in your work which is great you also need to reset sometimes and so having make, making sure that your your passion isn't just your business or isn't just creating money right it's it's yes like you said it's 
it's playing the drums. It's doing something. It's getting into the music. It's doing something a little bit different that can reset your brain and get you ready to go for the next day. Um, last question I want to ask is what are your three pillars of wealth creation? That's right. Um, I personally think this is a very interesting question. Um, I would add a fourth as well to this uh, because, again, like, you know, engineering thinking, there needs to be four pillars to have <laughs> have a slab, we're gonna, right? We're so, home, so. <laughs> that's right. So I would see, like, this is the first one is vision. Um, it's very important for everyone to see where you want to be in the next few years. It's a, it's not only an interview question, let me tell you that. Like if you yeah. have to really think about what your goal is, that's when your journey starts. Because if your goal in five years to have, you know, financially, um, you know, $5 million in your bank account versus $100 million in your bank account, those two journeys look very different. Let yeah. me tell you that. And um, uh, that's the first piece, like having that vision. The second piece is information. That's the data. What you need to achieve your vision, achieve where you want to be in the next five years. And, and you should be able to articulate it. You should be able to say, this is what I want financially or personally in the next five years um, in, my, in my journey. Uh, and then collect the information, the data, the insight to reach there, right? So it, it's not only applicable for businesses, or real estate businesses, which we are doing, it's applicable for your personal um, well-being and personal goals as well. The third uh, and fourth are really, really important ones. The third one uh, being courage. Uh, I always tell people that to really excel, it needs to be a mix of genius and courage. Um, and uh, courage is basically a very key ingredient to pursue those visions, pursue those goals. Yeah. Um, you, you can be a genius without courage, would not lead you a lot, lot longer. Uh, but if you're courageous, uh, you can actually do things which, which sets milestones. So courage is very important. And the fourth, once you have all those three, it's called perseverance. Um, perseverance is what is a key trait um, across everyone who has set any kind of milestone or brought humanity from point A to point B in the history of us. Because um, it, you need to be consistently sticking to the to the goal vision with this courage to go on. Um, I, you know, like one of my favorite quotes from uh, uh, from um, Einstein is like, I'm not a genius, I stick with the problem long enough, um, is basically a very profound thing to say because that's perseverance, that shows perseverance um, across board. Love it. You know, you started out exactly where I thought you were going to be because you're a pretty practical person. You're the engineer type. So you gave me two very practical things, vision and information. But then you threw me a little bit because you went the more philosophical way of, of courage and perseverance. <laughs> I agree with you, though, because so many smart – you're a smart guy. I, 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 I know it by just talking to you this short period of time. You're a very smart guy. 
But the, the thing is that what sets you apart from a lot of people who are also smart people is you have the vision. You you decide you're going to go out and get the information. Those Those two were probably the easiest for you. But then the courage and the perseverance is what sets you apart from the other really smart people out there is that you are able to have the courage to go, okay, I, I got this vision. I got the information. Now let's actually do something with it. And let's just not tell somebody else about it and have them do it for us. Like we're going to do it ourselves. We're going to step outside of the comfort zone. We don't know if we're going to fall flat on our face and this thing is going to not make any money, but we're going to go for this. And we're going to work really hard and then we're going to just continue and we're going to continue to persevere and we're going to continue to grow something great and we're going to believe in what we did uh, that is what sets you apart from the other people that also maybe could do the same thing but aren't willing to step outside of their comfort zone or are willing to give up when they shouldn't give up yeah that's right that has uh kept me up at night and uh, um <laughs> kept me going <laughs> many sleepless right. nights for an entrepreneur it's just how it goes uh but you know in, in the end it's all worth it isn't it it is it is it is very fulfilling uh one of our mentors said um at a dinner that at any point in time you are getting mugged and somebody puts a gun uh on your head um, and the the bullet is towards you, would you smile thinking what the hell of a life I had or would you say I'm missing out so much? And I feel pleasure that, you know, whenever I think of that scenario, I'm like always smiling. So that's that's great. Let's pray that doesn't happen, but absolutely. Of course. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great thing to know that you're living your life the way that you want to live it and that you're creating something bigger than yourself. Um, Aruna, last question. How can people get in touch with you? How can they learn about, you know, your company and what you got going on? Right. Um, you know, do check out realsage.com. There's a big yellow button, request demo. Um, our team would be really, really happy to like talk to you, understand your pain points, um, understand uh, uh, you know what you need, where we can help, and uh, go from there. You can also reach me out on LinkedIn. It's Arunab Dastidar. Uh, you can also hit us up on our uh, LinkedIn RealSage page, um, um, which is like a LinkedIn slash uh, RealSage, um, and um, go from there. I'm um, I'm excited to talk to um, every one of you. Yeah, absolutely. Arun, really, uh, again, really appreciate it. Love learning about the company and what you guys have built. Um, obviously, there's probably going to be a lot of changes uh, continuing to happen as things evolve, but I really appreciate what you guys are doing for the industry. And uh, just loved hearing your story, man. You have a fantastic rest of the day. You too. Thanks a lot, Todd. Take care. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So 
the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.